listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it. The, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome into the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson. Very glad to have you along. BTGprogram.com or at BTG program. Over the next half hour or so, we'll be talking sports. And as we do, we'll share with you a faith-based perspective. Of course, a busy week made busier by the unthinkable tragedy of last Sunday. Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, others perishing in that horrific accident. What more can we say here than... What hasn't already been said? Tributes throughout the week coming in from all over the world. Super Bowl is this weekend, and we'll try to enjoy that game, and we will enjoy that game. And, of course, they'll make a tribute, I would think, as well. But why don't we start out this program by welcoming in my co-host, the show's producer, Zach Barletta, as he leads us through his shenanigan statements. Okay, number one, the Super Bowl should be held on a Saturday so that most people won't have to work the next morning. I'm going to say I agree with that. I like that idea. In fact, it was funny because I was reading this article. What was it? Some kid that's got this petition going that he's trying to get through to the league. It's like some teenage kid. He's trying to push this thing yeah, good through. For him. I don't know how many people call in sick on Monday following right? the Super Bowl, but it's, I understand that it's a significant number. Saturday would be great, although I guess as a faith-based show, we're probably saying people will be calling in for church on Sunday, and church attendance will be down. We don't want that, but I I like the Saturday idea. I don't think it'll ever happen, but I I do like it. Well, I'm going to 100% agree, and I think the reasons that it would work are, look, the the— With the way things are currently, the guys that are in the Super Bowl aren't playing in the Pro Bowl. So they have two weeks between the last round of the playoffs and the Super Bowl. So if you play it on Saturday, they're still off for 13 days in between games. So they're plenty rested. Moving it up a day is not going to affect that. You know, a lot of people have been clamoring for years for the Monday after the Super Bowl to be a holiday. Well, if you just put the game on Saturday, you don't have to create an extra holiday. You have to take people out of work an extra day, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's just a better idea all around. You could have it in the middle of the afternoon on Saturday if you wanted to. You know, everybody's home. So I just think it's a much better idea, which is probably why it will never happen. Number two, the Arizona Diamondbacks traded for outfielder Starling Marte on Monday to cap off an offseason that also saw them sign pitcher Madison Bumgarner. So, truth or shenanigans, the Diamondbacks will be playoff contenders this season. What do you think here? I think so, um, mostly by virtue of the NL West after Los Angeles being wide open. The Rockies are bad. The Giants are really bad. Um, so they're almost guaranteed to be second in their division a lot of Major League Baseball is rebuilding right now uh, in, in various stages of rebuilds, including a lot of National League teams. Look, the Central is up for grabs. The East is pretty evenly divided between really good and really bad teams. So I think they have a puncher's chance, and I think that the pitching is going to be good. I think the hitting's been upgraded. The defense has been upgraded. So, yeah, I'd say they have as good a shot as anybody as a wild at a wild card shot. Well, that's the only lock, isn't it? It's going to be wild card. Yeah, they're not winning the division. Ten games over five hundred, or thereabout. Maybe they were eight games over five hundred last year. They were over five hundred, and mm-hmm. they were still twenty some games out of first place. Yeah, 
that's tough when you win 85, 86, yeah. eight, whatever games they won and still are 20 games yeah. out. They just happen to be stuck behind probably one of the three best teams in baseball. Yeah, and, and that's going to be their problem this year. I The reason, and I, I guess I like how you phrased it, they have a puncher's chance because the wild card, you're right, those divisions, the East and the Central, are going to be up for grabs, but there's also going to be teams taking wild cards from them. Yeah, the Cincinnati Reds are going to be significantly better. Yes. The Cardinals, the Brewers—that's a three-way race right there. The Cubs are probably more rebuilding than competitive, yeah. but then in the National League East, you got the Braves. Of the Phillies are good. I, I just don't see the Diamondbacks having an, uh, enough to grab a wild card position. But I, I agree with you. They, I guess, they have a puncher's chance. I like the way you phrased it. The one thing we know about baseball and trying to make predictions this time of year is the season is long enough that anything can happen. So You can't predict baseball, Susan. This is true. Number three, the NBA should redesign its logo to use Kobe Bryant's likeness instead of Jerry West's. Oh, you want to be sensitive here. It's just so soon. Yeah. No. Um, Listen, Kobe was impactful. He had a legacy. He was a terrific father and player and ambassador for the game of basketball. All that said, not now. To redo the logo, that just seems like a bit much to me. I'm with you. I'm not against it. I think the stance that I would take is I would say if they want to, it's fine. But I would stop short of saying that they should do it. So I'll say shenanigans. Jerry West has said that. He doesn't like being the logo. But again, I, I just think, the okay, the idea that I heard that I really liked is renaming the award for the best player out of, you know, out of the West or, 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 or the best team in the West. Rename that the Kobe Bryant Award. Something like that. But to change the logo, look, you didn't change it to Michael Jordan. You didn't change it to LeBron James, you know, who are both better players than Kobe Bryant. I just think it's because that he passed away. That's why you want to push all these things through. And it's really sad. I get it. But I don't think you could say that all these changes should be made just because of that. Yeah, it's emotional. And right yeah, now it, it's very emotional. It's very sensitive. And I guess I'm probably like you. If you want to do that, that's fine. But my suggestion would be that take some time to think this through. So it's mm-hmm. not a rash, emotional decision. I guess for me, being older, being a traditionalist, I like things the way they are. Mm-hmm. They don't need to change, and I'm happy. I eat the same thing for breakfast and have for years. So, <laughs> you know, that's just who I am. You don't need to go change in the logo. But if you want to change it and you feel like, man, we've given this some thought, we've let some time pass, and we still feel like this is what we want to do, well, then have at it. If you want to make a change, I would say sleep on it till the off season, and then see if you still feel the same way about it. Agreed. All right, time for a break. Stay tuned for this week's Red Hawks recap. A little later in the show, we'll tell you what it is that we like this week from the world of sports. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. Here is your Red Hawks recap. Looking back on the last week in Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics, this Red Hawks recap is brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. The Red Hawks women's basketball team's seven-game win streak came to an end at home, falling to New York Tech last Friday night, 57-39, serenading Pacing Roberts with 11 points. 
The men fell as well, dropping a tight one, 68-66, despite getting 16 points from both Armand Nasiri and Reggie Clark. On Sunday, the women got 13 from Emily Miller and 11 from Taryn Wilson, but were still unable to get past Malloy College, falling 63-53. The men being tripped up as well, 80-64, Nasiri going for 21 points, and Amari Lee adding 19 for Roberts. Both the Roberts Wesleyan men's and women's swim teams lost at home to Oswego on Saturday. Gabe Rivers was the lone first-place finisher for Roberts, grabbing victory in the 200 freestyle. Coming up, your next chance to catch Red Hawks basketball at home is Saturday, February 1st, as the Red Hawks host Damon College. Start time for the ladies is 2 p.m., followed by the men at 4. The teams hit the road after that until Sunday, February 16th, against St. Thomas Aquinas College with that same 2 p.m., 4 p.m. start times. Mark your calendars, go on out, and support the Red Hawks. They are, after all, the only Division II college athletics program in Rochester. You can stay up to date with all the Roberts Wesleyan Athletics action at their website, robertsredhawks.com, and follow them on Twitter, at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Red Hawks Recap, presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances and 96 student athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Beyond the Game program at BTG Program or btgprogram.com. The program is recorded in the BTG studio here in Rochester, New York, but it's heard all around the world via podcast. And this week, we'd like to say hello to Castro Valley, California, one of the many places to download last week's program. Castro Valley is the birthplace of former NFL linebacker and head coach Jack Del Rio. Played college ball at USC, though he was actually drafted right out of high school to play baseball by the Toronto Blue Jays. He was a catcher, though he did once strike out 16 batters playing pitcher in a high school game. He was teammates with former Seattle Mariners manager Don Wakamatsu. Interesting. Thanks for listening in Castro Valley, California. And to you, wherever it is you're listening from, we thank you as well. You must have seen this story, right? A video has gone viral in which some poor guy at a soccer game in Ecuador is caught 
kissing the woman next to him. Not a big deal, right? Except that judging by his reaction, it was clearly not somebody that he should have been kissing. Mm -hmm. Now, I say poor guy, but he got himself into this situation. The man is seen with his arm around a woman, and he's kissing her. But once he realizes that this moment was captured on camera by that popular kiss cam segment many arenas do to entertain the crowd, he pulls his arm away quickly, and he stares straight ahead, and he's got this... I mean, this is look of fear on his face. Like, I messed up here. Mm -hmm. Media has tracked down the guy who seemingly wants to make himself out to be the victim. He says, if it was a woman was in my place, what would you do? Various videos have been circulating of unfaithful women, but they haven't been made fun of as much as me. I hope you never have to be in my position. Well, I hope to never be in your position, too, yeah. but you messed up. Yeah. Here's the thing. You don't have to be in that position unless you choose to be, so congratulations. He declared on social media his intention to defend his honor, uh, his pride as a man, until the end. I don't even know what he means by that, but he went on to say, you've already destroyed my relationship. What more do you want? You don't know the psychological damage you have caused with your hatred directed at me. Everyone fails, and we can forgive from our hearts. God, give me strength. Now, of course we fail. We we all fail. Although I would point out, not typically as spectacularly as this guy did. <laughs> that was, I, here. here's this guy in a large crowd at a soccer game in Ecuador. You would think he's pretty anonymous at that point. Yeah. And so many people here in the United States and around the world have seen his indiscretion. Mm-hmm. Numbers chapter 32, verse 23 says, and this is in regards to obedience to God, it says, but if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Now, I do like what he has said in response to the situation that he got himself in. He said, we all fail, we all repent. Thank you to those who have invited me to church. I guess some people are inviting him to go to church. All right, well, that's cool. all, All right. He says, thank you to those who have invited me to church, and if I go, it is so I can heal my family. No one is going to be able to damage my image. God is big and strong, and these women who are criticizing me, I know too have cheated, but they still comment. He's got something against these women who are calling him out or whatever. I don't know what's happening on his end, but still, he's obviously still leaving this victim card out there, but at least... I guess he's on the right track, knowing God's big enough to forgive if he's willing to repent. Yeah, My big takeaway from that was when he goes, uh, you have already destroyed my relationship. And I was like, I don't think we did it because <laughs> we didn't kiss that chick on TV. You did that. So Over the last several weeks, God has been teaching me the importance that every individual within the ministry and the body of Christ has a role. Now, if you're not, if you're listening, you're not familiar with what I'm talking about. When a sinner comes to repentance, he places his faith in Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. The Bible tells us that God not only gives us his Holy Spirit to guide us, but that he also equips us with a particular gift, a skill, something to use in his honor and glory within the church. That may be an ability to encourage people, a talent for teaching the Word of God, a knack maybe for organizing and being able to put together an event well. I'm praying that God shows me the specific application of what he's been laying on my heart, but I can tell you that 
so many passages in my daily Bible reading lately, and even the sports stories that have been sticking out to me, all seem to be along the lines of teamwork and, and doing your job. I was even at a basketball game, a high school basketball game the other night, and it was remarkable. Even observing the teams on the bench, I saw examples of players who were maybe utilizing their talent. Some were using their words to encourage others. and They, they were complimenting their teammates and making them better. But at the same time, I saw instances of selfishness, of missed opportunities to work as a team. And these things were just sticking out. Again, I know God is, is laying this stuff on my heart. It's always remarkable to me when God, the God of the universe, the one who created everything, is talking to me specifically. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he is in this thing. Even checking the sports headlines, as I say, stories that deal with how critical it is that each member of the team contribute their talents to the whole of the team, they're just jumping out at me. For example, towards the end of last week, after having been suspended three times this season for violating team policies for defiance, former Syracuse Orange guard Dion Waiters made his first appearance of the season for the Miami Heat. The team has been severely limited by injuries, so much so they only had five healthy players for the bench. So they needed him. Waiters was the Heat's fourth reserve, made his way onto the court late in the first quarter. The home crowd, they gave him a a nice reception. They gave him a nice ovation as he entered the game. And again, when he scored his first points of the season early in the second, he hit a three-pointer. Waiters played six minutes, went two for four from the field, grabbed the rebound. But after three suspensions, which cost him 17 total games, I mean, at least he's back contributing to his team. Mm -hmm. At least he's out there. Those 17 games cost Waiters $1.42 million in lost wages, $83,500 per game. He's been such a non-factor to the heat that Coach Eric Spalestra had to FaceTime him earlier in the day to tell him, hey, you're going to be needed today. For most of the time over the last several weeks, he wasn't even part of the pregame shoot. He's just hanging out in the locker room. As talented as Waiters is, it seems as though the only reason he was playing is because the Heat needed a body. They were desperate. Had they not been decimated by injuries, he's probably still hanging out in the locker room. Having been suspended for violating team policies sort of gives me that, you know, he's putting his own wants, his own needs above that of the team. Mm -hmm. One of the incidents, it was back in November, on the team plane, It says that he ingested at least one cannabis-infused edible and needed medical attention. What does that mean? Pot brownies? Something, uh, probably gummies, but on the team plane, really? Again, putting your own wants, your own desires, not being the team players. He's in the spotlight. I get it, being a professional athlete. But this is not any different from people who lose their jobs, who jeopardize the welfare of their families with drugs, alcohol, who who knows what else. And I know addictions and perhaps other outside influences play a part, but at the end of the day, it's just selfish. It's somebody putting their own desires, their own needs above that of those who depend on them, whether that be family or whether that be teammates. Palestra said, we need everybody, and inevitably during a long NBA season, you need everybody to contribute. It's not always necessarily going to be on your terms. Now, isn't that the truth? 
It's pretty much the same thing when a believer in Christ makes a decision to put their desires or needs over that of the team, the body of believers that they were saved into to help, that they were given a gift, a talent. I mean, it's just selfish. It's hurting others or at least putting more pressure on them to compensate for that one individual's lack of effort. Maybe it's laziness, but that's still selfish. We have a role. We have a responsibility to contribute our talents to the team. Imagine if Jesus said, yeah, man, I'd really like to get up on that cross today, but feeling a bit tired, sort of wanted to catch the game, so hope it all works out for you. (laughs) Romans 12.6 says, Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. Jesus gave us the greatest example, not just with his life on the cross, but the very night that he was going to be betrayed by one of his own, Jesus showed us what humility really looks like and how we can serve others, regardless of our role on the team. John chapter 13, verses 12 to 15 say, So when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and reclined at the table again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. He got down on his hands and knees, Jesus did, and washed the dirty feet of the disciples. A servant's job. It was an act of love, which included the feet of Judas Iscariot, who took a cash bribe to betray him into persecution and death. Who are we? than to hold out, to withhold our talents from the good of the team. Time to step aside, but we'll be back to close things out. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. Hey, everybody, it's Benson. You probably know that Beyond the Game is a different kind of sports talk radio program. Sports conversation and Bible verses mixed together? Why would anybody do that? Here's why. Because the message of Jesus Christ is so important that we use sports to appeal to sports fans. Trying to be, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, all things to all men that I might by all means save some. You see, all of us are sinners. And because we are, we can't get to heaven on our own merit. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But it also tells us that God loves us. So much so that he sent his son who was the only one who never sinned. And though he did not need to die, willingly did so on the cross as a sacrifice to pay the debt of all our sin. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Why? Because God wants us all to be saved from an eternity in hell. 1 Timothy 2.4 says he desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But the good news is Jesus didn't stay in the grave. Instead, he rose again, defeating death and making it possible for us to go to heaven as a result of his righteousness. You see, that's the grace of God we want to tell you about. Sports Talk Radio allows us to bring that message of the forgiveness of sins to sports fans all around the world. Forgiveness of sins is available to all people everywhere. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. I hope you'd pray to God. I hope you'd confess to him that you know yourself to be a sinner. And tell him that you know and believe that Jesus died on the cross for you. And begin a new way of life, turning from sin and seeking after God. If you want to know more about what it means to be a Christian, you can visit our website, btgprogram.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Welcome back into the program. I'm Rick Benson. Glad to have you along. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Damian Lillard recorded his first triple-double this past week for the Portland Trailblazers, and in the same game, Carmelo Anthony moved into 17th place on the NBA's all-time scoring list, passing Kevin Garnett, which put head coach Terry Stotts in a spot after the game, not knowing who to give the game ball to. Stotts ended up dropping it off to Lillard, who then passes it off to Anthony, and the two pass the ball back and forth a few times across the locker room before I think it finally settled into the chair next to Melo. I like that. After signing a one-year, just over $2 million deal with the Blazers in November, Anthony really seems to be fitting in well. He's averaging a little better than 16 points a game in the 32 games he's played, and it's good to see the playful banter and preference for one another displayed by Carmelo Anthony and Damian Lillard is what I like this week. What I liked this week was actually a news story that came out of the Pro Bowl. No, I didn't watch it. I don't think anybody did, but what I liked this week was Russell Wilson giving his Pro Bowl start to Drew Brees. Russell Wilson, of course, was supposed to be the starter of the Pro Bowl for the NFC, but since this might be Drew Brees' last season, he gave his starting position to Drew Brees, allowed Drew Brees to start the Pro Bowl. I'd like to see when a younger guy, but a guy who's very established in his own right, gives a tip of the cap to an older player who's had the tail end of his career. I like to see that, and Russell Wilson and Drew Brees, of course, both stand-up guys, as we all know, so... Russell Wilson giving his starting nod in the Pro Bowl to Drew Brees is what I liked this week. Well, that's the end of our show. Thanks so much for being with us here on the Beyond the Game program. Let me just say this in closing, that our radio ministry here is mainly listener-supported. Thanks to all of you who have given. Please continue to keep us in your prayers, and if God lays it on your heart to make a financial commitment to this ministry, whether it's a one-time gift or or a recurring amount, visit our website. Once again, that website is btgprogram.com. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again real soon. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. 